Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. What's up? Hey, Pete, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. Barry will be in here in a second. Yeah, that's right. So we'll start without him and then uh, we'll wrap up John 1. John 1, 1. No, John 1. I had it right the first time. Yeah, John 1. That's cool. How many weeks? How many weeks do we spend on John 1? Uh, This is the fourth week. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. I think we'll get through John 2 probably a little bit quicker. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Two weeks? Two weeks on John? Two? No, probably three. But three. Maybe. I don't know. It just depends. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, because you want to just sometimes just go through it. But when you actually start unpacking these verses, it's like there's so much there. It, it's pretty cool. Do you know, I, I've only I've only preached two sermons in my life. And the, the very first one I ever preached was on John two. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. So I'm excited. I was at I'm that excited one. to cover it. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> That was what a what a great opportunity. I was scared to death, Pete. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm <laughs> always whenever I teach in front of people, I'm always nervous. That's a good thing. I yeah. think I think it just shows you care. Maybe or just. Yeah. Or you're just insecure. Yeah. <laughs> or you're worried about what people will think instead of what God thinks. <laughs> that could truth. be it, too. That's the truth. Oh, we got we to work on that. What about Rams? Did you watch them? I did. Did you were root Honestly, for them? Yeah, that was the, the first game I didn't really watch. I turned it off at 21 to three. And then uh, Kansas City somehow blew a 20, uh, 18 point lead. I don't know what happened there. And then I did watch most of the, the Rams 49er game. That was it was good, man. Yeah, really. The last two weeks, the playoff games have been amazing. Yeah, it's been one. I mean, I know that a lot of people, a lot of our listeners might be not listening to NFL anymore or watching it, but we are. And uh, the last two weeks of playoffs have just been phenomenal games. Yeah, you couldn't. I mean, if you if you want exciting football, you you, you couldn't have asked for much better. than. The and last truth, weeks. truthfully, I haven't really cared too much of who wins. I do want the Rams because I'm originally from Southern California, and that is that has been my team when I was a kid. So obviously that's what I'm connected with, but uh, it's like you with the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you were a kid rooting for them, so that's, that's right. what you know. And they haven't lost a game in the playoffs this year. No, they did really good. <laughs> they did really They're good. undefeated in the playoffs. Fire and a coach after a winning a pretty good season. I, uh, I don't understand that one at all. No, but. we don't. But anyway, back to the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of your Dolphins. <laughs> we hope that I hope that they win. But the truth of this, I love competition. Yeah. I think that's. I like watching the strategy involved in sportsmanship. I lo- it doesn't matter what it is. If it's bowling, I've been watching bowling people because of Bob lately. <laughs> and I love the, I love the com- competition in it. And it's in, it doesn't matter what it is. I just like that part of it. And there so was some fun. good bowling this weekend too on TV. Yeah, I watched some of it. Did you? Yeah. Who won? I don't know who won. I didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> it's a tournament of champions. Who won it? I, I no, would, it wasn't. It was um, the regional players championship this weekend. It, well, you would have to was, tell that who won. Yeah, Belmo. Belmo oh. from Australia. Oh. The two-handed wonder. I've been no. following Shannon O'Keefe and what she's doing. She yeah. made the Olympic team. I guess, she did. So. Team USA. Team she USA. Team USA. Yeah. So I was watching that. Yep. A little yeah. bit. That was the team trials were they're always well, I shouldn't say always, but in the last couple of decades, they've been the first week of January. So. Yeah. So shout out to Shannon if you're listening Good job, to this. Shannon. Yeah, you made me a more of a believer. It's like 20 years in a row. I think she's made the team. That's amazing. Like that. That's amazing. She's uh very talented. And what a, what, we got to have her on again as a guest. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll get her on again one day. Yeah. All right. So last week um we posted our show was the Lamb of God. Um, is Jacob's ladder? Is Jacob's ladder? I already forgot part one, <laughs> and we posted it on social media. And man, did we get lit up on that show! So it wasn't just you, it wasn't just me seeing those comments. I mean, we had like over it's like over close to three hundred people have actually responded <laughs> in in likes, dislikes, hate, and lots of comments. Well, Pete, we did it. we did ask them to make comments on Facebook. I mean, I don't. I mean. It, it, <laughs> It was unbelievable. So why don't you share a couple? I know what I was doing was I started, I started praying through this and I was just like, okay, there's a lot of people hurting and upset and they don't like us very much. And so I was like, I'm going to start responding to them. So I started going through every one of these hate things and I just started responding to the people. So here's one. So the guy says, does, does, um, uh, we'll just call him Rick. We'll just leave it at that. He says, does the righteous. They could go onto the Facebook page and actually see the comments. Yeah. So, so. if you want to see more of the comments, go <laughs> so you don't have to keep it a secret. You uh, can use his name. Rick Lehman. <laughs> Uh, not like Andrew. I mean, Drew that we had on the other show the other day. Yeah. Uh, so well, yeah. Like, like Drew. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was different. You were protecting the innocent here. All right. So does the righteous invasion of truth care whether the Bible is true or not? So that's that was one of our comments. And so I'm just like, well, why would you even say that? So I we responded, of course we do. We completely understand people have a different worldview than us. We see things from the lenses of the Bible. It is not our job to convince people one way or another in what they should believe. We simply share the Bibles, what the Bible says, and allow God to speak to the people as he chooses. Some will hear what we say and some will not. One thing that is certain for us is that we have been changed for good because of God's word. We actually love all people and care about each person's well-being. So to us, the Bible is true because our life testimony proves it. Thank you for the question. We wish you the very best. And so I think, I mean, I would just do that. If you guys want to see more, I mean, there was some literally hate. You guys are a bunch of lies. You guys, <laughs> I mean, you just, I mean, just coming out of this. But I responded and walked through um, questions with people just that, you know, for one, to hear their heart, but two, for me to have an opportunity or for us to have an opportunity to just love them. And then if God wills, we can poke a hole in possibly their theology and what they believe. And so we just went through it. And it also challenges us. It challenges for what we believe, you know, what first Peter 315, what we believe and why we believe it. So I had to ask questions on certain things that people were saying. And I had to ask my question, well, what do I actually believe about this? And then how am I going to respond? And so that's kind of that is. But if you guys really want to see like Go on to, I'm seriously, go on to our Facebook, The Riot Podcast, look us up, go on to the Facebook and look at the Lamb of God uh, is Jacob's Ladder Part 1. And you're going to be able to see, go look that up and you'll see all these comments. It's crazy. It's crazy. But you'll be able to see how we responded. And that can also help you to respond to people that may come against you and question your faith or question what you believe. Right, yeah, Pete, you did a good job on, it, I think, because it's, it's the easy thing to do, or maybe the, the fleshly thing to do is to try to just strike back and prove that you're right or prove that they're wrong. And it, it takes a lot more love and gentleness to try to just, just explain in truth what you believe. Don't attack. You, you don't need to attack. I mean, you're not going to change anybody's mind anyway. You know, it's it's up to Jesus. He's the only one that can do that. So I like how you said that. I just you just want to punch a couple holes. Yeah. And, and I think what you mean by that is you kind of just want to get them thinking. That's you, it. Want, you want them to think, why do they believe what they believe? And if something, you know, you just, man, just give the Holy Spirit a little, you know, a little crack there where they might be able to see, you know see some truth. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah. We don't have to approach anybody with anger. Hate. No. We don't have to combat with it, meet, uh, meanness. You're or not going like to win anybody no. over that way. That's for a, sure. That's not the point. For sure. Well, my wife told, uh, told me not to tell this story. Oh, so I was going to, I want to oh, share this no. story. Well, I got to share it because I shared it with you earlier. So I woke up on Sunday morning and I put on jeans that I have not washed. And I think uh, two or three times. So I wear my jeans at least two or three times. And my wife comes up next to me and she goes, you smell like poop. And I was like, wait, what? No way. She's like, yeah, you do. And so I wanted to check to make sure I didn't do anything, you know, make sure whatever. But they were good. And I guess what happened is I I, I passed gas, I guess. And the gas, like. That's how my grandmother used to say it. Yeah. Passed gas. Yeah, I spoiled the air. And, and so I spoiled you the air. You broke wind? Yeah, I broke wind. <laughs> No, you not only spoiled the air, you spoiled your pants too. No, there was nothing in my pants. I checked. So the, the pants were fine, but the, the, the air fragrance stayed and lingered in my jeans. So note to From self, the night before. Listen, if anybody ever passed gas, okay, and just know that you need somebody else to sniff you Ew. to make sure that there is no lingering of that. So what did my wife do? When she goes, you're not going to church smelling like that. I was like, what do you mean? I have to change my shoes. No, no, no. I got an idea. So she goes, she grabs the can of Lysol can and she starts spraying my pants. Lord have mercy. So it killed all the germs of bacteria and made me smell like Lysol. Amen. And then I went to church. You know what I miss? What? We used to talk about food on the show. Now we're talking about gas. Yeah. Can we go back to food? I like food. Sometimes food <laughs> smells like gas though. Broccoli. <laughs> It's because of the food he smelled no, like gas. It was, it was because of actually the broccoli. <laughs> well, right. Podcast. That's your co-host, hey, Pete hey, Robertson. Hey, we share truth as it comes. It doesn't matter what form it looks like. That is the truth. Do, that really can, happened. Can I go or smells the, like. Oh, mercy. 
<laughs> so Pete, do you think I'm going to change the subject? Do you think these people that these that are kind of just slamming us on, on Facebook, do you think they even listen to the podcast? Most no, but I've encouraged them all to good. Yeah. So I, what, what we were doing is just encourage them. Listen, I mean, one guy says, I, I believe in joy and that's my thing. I said, well, that's great. We talk about joy a lot on the show. Right. Listen sometime and, you know, maybe you hear something. But our, again, our, we're not trying to convince these people to believe us. Nope. We're just we just want to love them and point them to Jesus and pray that the Holy Spirit would open their eyes so that they can see it. All right. All right. Let's get to uh, this week's show. Uh, anything else though? No, that I'm was good. that was really good. I mean, I can't top the Gene story. So yeah. we're gonna. But if it does on. happen, you have to share these truths, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> the, our audience needs to hear this. This is this they is real, raw, authentic. I don't know what I'm trying to say. All right. So last week we covered. So we started our reading of John um, one verse twenty nine, and we went through verse, or we didn't get to verse fifty one, or did we read the whole thing through verse fifty one? I think we did. Anyway, so uh, the first part in verses twenty nine through thirty four, we covered the Lamb of God. If you guys listened to it, um, we kind of broke that down, unpacked the Lamb of God, the Passover, um, and then we moved to verses thirty five through forty two. And um, Jesus, you know, chose his first disciples and we kind of unpacked that and and what that looked like. And then so this week, what we're going to talk about is we're going to cover verses 43 through 51. Um, we're through 43 and 49. We're going to do a deeper dive into Philip and Nathaniel's life. So that's that, that that's going to be a really cool conversation. And then I, we're going to spend some time on the last part, which is really the 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 bookend to this whole message. So we started with the Lamb of God, and we're going to end with Jacob's ladder. And so that's in verse 51. And uh, we'll kind of detail Jacob's life, and we'll go through that. And we have a little bit of enthusiasm. But before we do that, Bob, you want to go ahead and open us in prayer, and, and let's let's get yeah, going. Love to, Father. We thank you for this time that we have. Uh, we just ask that you would uh, speak to us through your Word. We we thank you for this book, this amazing book of John. And as we wrap up chapter one, Lord, I just pray that uh, you would speak to each and every one of us uh, through this through your Word. That uh, it, it would just man, it would just draw us closer to you. Father, I, I thank you for our listeners. I thank you for the, the people that put the show together, Lord. And I, and I thank you for these people that are questioning us on, on Facebook, Lord. It's what an opportunity to, to um, strengthen our faith as we, uh, you know, as we read their questions and just really evaluate where our faith comes from. And I, I just thank you for that. Thank you for those opportunities. Be with the rest of the show, Lord. We love you. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. All right, so let's get into verses 43 for 49. Let's look deeper into calling of Philip and Nathaniel, as well as seeing Jesus as the king of Israel. So I want to go ahead and read that. Verse yeah, 43 let's do it. 49. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city yeah. of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the hmm. son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I, you know, I wrote my notes here for that part. I said, you know, the true heart of a follower of Christ, again, it's going back to, will tell their friends about Jesus. If you truly have been given, if, if God has touched your life, and he's shared his truth with you and you've been changed if you're if you're a follower of Christ you're going to share with your friends and 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 it and it's humbling when i talk to other christians about how many times have they shared their faith with other people and the number is so small and 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 it's humbling and it's and it's like god why if your life has been touched by him, why are you not sharing it with your brothers and your sisters and your aunts and your uncles and your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers? You know, why are you not, you know, being a witness to say, come and see? And so it just broke my heart. But um, all right, let's break this down a little bit more. All right. 
So in John 21, 2, we see that at least seven of the Lord's disciples were fishermen, including Nathaniel. We see here that Nathaniel started out as a doubter. He did not believe anything worthwhile could come out of Nazareth. I love that part. But Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth, which meant he was, he was to be looked down on and rejected. So Jesus has humble beginnings and he humbled himself completely and lived in a no name place. I mean, I just, I look at Jesus in general. He didn't come in gold and in lights. He came completely humbled. And, and here's Nathaniel going, what in the world? <laughs> Nazareth, what? And then some other people said it too, right? Some other people, what comes out of Nazareth? It's a no name place. Yeah. It's amazing that people missed him, but, uh, Jesus, uh, was not boasting. Jesus was not pushing himself out there. He was loving on hurting people and he knew who needed his message that would send it across the world and, and come to us 2000 years later. And it's, and it's like people today, they can't grasp how Jesus can help them. And, and I think the best part about it is, is that he, because he came so broken, so humble, he literally can relate to every single person. Because he has, he's God, right? So he has all the, you know, the Bible says that he has the, well, how do you say it? The, the hills of a thousand cattle, a thousand cattle on a thousand hills or something like yeah, that, right? right? He owns everything, right? And so it's, it's he has the riches, the, the wealth and all that, but he comes as a humble. And so a lot of people, they, they, they can't handle that. They look at it and says, well, why would I come to Jesus? You know, how is he going to help? My God's helped me. Why is Jesus any better? You know, I've, I have testimony that my God is good and that he's helped me. So how is Jesus any different? How is he going to help me? You know, and they're confused. And wh- how do we know that, you know, this, this is the only true God. How is that possible? I don't know. You want to speak to that bear? Yeah, I know it's a loaded that, one. Yeah. It's <laughs> the evidence is overwhelming to me. And I have friends that have, have left Christianity and are seeking other world religions. And, and I want to get back to why I don't, Christians share their faith mm. with their friends. Yeah. It's because they're still seekers. Mm. And what do seekers want? They want knowledge. Mm. Seekers are looking for knowledge. But when you have a life-changing, get this, get this phrase, a life-changing experience, because God is person and he can be experienced. When you have that experience, you want to share it with everyone else. And, and you know, uh, that's, that's what the, the testimony uh, of John and and uh, Peter and and those before those who crucified Christ in the book of Acts, we cannot help but to talk about what we've seen and we experienced, what we've heard. We can't help it. And that's the type of people that God is looking for, people who are open to go get their family members, people who are open to go tell others. They feel like I have found, it's not the U2 song, but I still haven't found. It is I have found (laughs) what I'm looking for, and it's Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So church is a country club. So church is a, you know, is the gang that they belong to. it's, It's something that makes them feel good. It's something that... They do every week because, you know, in their minds, it's, it's the right thing to do and they want to be good people, but there's no transformation. There's, there's, like you said, they're still seekers. They're still, they're still actually, you know, they're not fully sold. They're not fully surrendered. You know, if you're fully surrendered to God, how could you not share God's truth? Because it so changes you. It so transforms you. And so people that are coming to church, a lot of times they're just sitting there going, hey, I love this. This is awesome. You know, people might ask, where do you go to church? I go here. You know, it's just so great. But when they go to their friend that at work and they're hurting and they're lost, they're afraid what their friend's going to say to them. They don't come out and just say, hey, Jesus changed my life. Come and see. Let me share this with you. And they're afraid to do that because they're still in the seeker mode. They haven't been totally changed. If they were totally changed, how do you not tell them? that this Jesus can change their life. Yeah. I I know we're our heart on this show is not to appear judgmental, but we have to call a spade a spade, right? If, if you, if you are not bragging about what God has done for you, you have not found the answer. You have not experienced the Messiah yourself. And if there is not fruit of, of, of the spirit in your life that you, you have been changed. You have been transformed. You, you, you walked in as a caterpillar and you are, 
are flying out as a butterfly. That's mm. transformation. That's because the spirit of God lives inside you now. And that spirit lifts you to be able to fly. And, and when you have gone from rolling on your belly and not have the answers and not experience the Messiah to flying and have experienced the fly, the, the Messiah of the metamorphosis that happens in Romans chapter 12, verse one, preaching on that this weekend, that metamorphosis <laughs> makes you want to tell others, I can't help it. You got to listen. Hey, 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 I found it. I found yeah. it. I found it. Yeah. Come, come please and see you have to come. That means you're showing up at their house. You're knocking them over the head. You're putting them on your shoulder and you're carrying them to church no matter what or where the message is being presented you're cutting a hole in the roof to get them to jesus what guys let me see if i can draw a picture here this is see how my mind works a little bit so i if you ask in america anyway you, you ask most people they'll, they'll say they're christians right vast majority vast majority of people say they're christian what is the definition of a christian well, that's a disciplined follower of Christ. Follow, yeah. yeah. So what is what is go back to this this chapter, right? It says to follow me, right? Mm. Jesus says, "Follow me." Mm. Well, have you guys ever heard of this guy called Adolf Hitler? Yes, he was a disciplined follower so as well. Do you know Adolf Hitler, right? No. You, you may have read some of his yeah. stuff. You may have read Mein Kampf. You may have, you oh, know, I, have. I mean, he was a dynamic leader in the 20th century, right? I mean, he had tons of followers. So you know all this stuff about Hitler. Are you a Nazi? No. Why? Why are you not a Nazi? You you I don't know, follow his you, you know him. What? Because you don't follow him. Yeah. And I think there's so many people that fall into that category. They know who Jesus is. They may they they may own a Bible. They keep it on their nightstand. They, they they're familiar with you know maybe his teachings. They 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 celebrate Christmas, but they're not following him. They're in the church too, Bob. Yeah. They're attending church a lot of them. No, I know. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's scary. That's it is scary. scary. Here's here's here it is. It, get it, go to a church, a, a healthy Bible believing church, and all you say is that Jesus changed my life and come and see. And and the, that's the beauty of the church because the body of Christ is there to help. You do not have to memorize the Bible the verse at this moment in your life. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to answer all their questions. If they ask you a question you don't know, guess what? Bring them to church. Come and see. Let someone else help bring to light what those questions might be. And, and, or, and share this podcast with them so that they can hear. There's certain things that we've said that they can help break down kind of their confusion. Um, whatever Isn't that, that what is. Phil, I mean, that's really what Philip did with Nathaniel, right? Yep, yep. He didn't sell it very well. He said he was from Nazareth. He should have <laughs> said he was born in Bethlehem, right? You know, that might have got his attention. But all he did was bring him to Jesus, and yep. then Jesus took over. Yeah, what I loved is when Nathaniel came to Jesus, he discovered that Jesus already knew all about him. Yeah. Remember in verse 47, he said that he was an Israelite in whom there was no deceit. Jesus was referencing Jacob, a man who used deceit to trick his brother, his father, and his father-in-law. God later changed his name to Israel. The reference to Jacob's ladder is in verse 51. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But yeah, I love that. So here's, here's again, somebody that's that... You know, you have no idea how God's working in their life. You you don't you don't have a clue. They might have just prayed that morning. Um, they, maybe they're going through something hard, like a divorce, or maybe there's a financial problem, or uh, maybe they've just got diagnosed with cancer, or maybe there's something that's happening in their life, and they're crying out to God, and and they're hopeless, or they're they're searching for meaning or purpose, and here you are, you know, in innocence. And, and you come up to them and you say, hey, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? And, you know, oh, I see that your cars broke down. And well, let me give you some uh, jumper cables. I'll help you with that. And, and uh, man, you know, are you in the area? Would you love to come to church, you know, with me? Come and see this Jesus. And, and you just get a conversation, something simple. You, you'd have no idea that God might have been speaking to them that morning, that day, like he was with Nathaniel here. Mm. And Jesus just basically just fulfilled you know, whatever that was that he was seeking, Bear. You know, if you say that Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to you and you never talk to your friends about him, what does that say about you? And what does that say about Jesus to your friends? That's, that's powerful. Yes, sir. It really is. And that was not the case 
with Philip. It was not the case with Andrew. It was not the case with these men. They, they go and they tell the people they care about, I have found the answer. I found the Messiah. And they said, come and see, come and see. Yeah, I love it. Like in verse 48, Jesus, Nathaniel asked him, how do you know me? Then Jesus answered him and he said, I saw you under the fig tree. But I mean, it's like this. Have you, how many times have you heard somebody say, I came to church and it was like the pastor was speaking directly to me? How many times have you heard that? And, and again, it, it's a testimony to Jesus and his word and what it does. And they're saying the same thing as they're listening. How does he know me? How does the past, I never met this guy before. How does the word of God speak directly into my life? Because that is truth. And Jesus came, he came to bring all of that. He brought to light everything, all the questions, all the struggles, all the pain, everything makes sense in Jesus. But apart from him, you're still confused. You're still searching. That's why it makes sense. They come and see because, you know, here's Nathaniel asking, how do you know me? Well, Jesus just knows you. You know, you might not know how to fix a person, but Jesus does. You might not have all the answers, but he does. And so here it is, you know, how do you know me? And so, you know, Andrew was just like, yeah, let's just bring him. Philip's like, bring him. Yeah, let's go. But then boom, it opens up the door. Uh, Bob. Oh, you, you were going to talk about the Jacob's ladder. Is well, this a good no, spot to start talking about that or you're not? No, there yet? we're going to get to it second, but I don't know. Do you want to transfer, transform, but trans wait. <laughs> Transition. <laughs> Transition into that. All right. So when Nathaniel said king of Israel, he was using the title similar to the Messiah, the anointed one. So that's something that I think a lot of people overlook. So here's here's Nathaniel. And I think that under the fig tree, Nathaniel's like, man, is the Messiah coming? I mean, I'm really upset with the oppression that's happening right now in Rome. You know, and that's the other thing that people didn't realize. Rome was taxing them beyond anything they've ever had. And, and it's fairly fresh. Rome hasn't been occupying Israel that long when Jesus came. People don't realize that. This is a newer thing. And so the, the oppression was really getting to a lot of them. So I can imagine here's, you know, Nathaniel. He's probably a warrior too. He's probably one of those fighters. And he's sitting there under the fig tree just like, I can't handle this. I'm depressed. I can't pay my taxes. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. And then here comes Philip. And here comes Philip says, hey, you know, let me introduce you to a guy that can answer all those questions for you. <laughs> and then he's probably meditating on the king of Israel. And so here he is. And, and this is kind of funny. I mean, this is not like, this is not a little deal. This is Nathaniel if, and under a fig tree one moment, now calling this man, the Messiah, Jesus, the king of Israel. He, he's seeing him as the king. Well, I think it goes back to what you're saying is the type of Messiah that they're looking for. They're looking to have Israel established in a lot of their mind. That establishment means there needs to be someone sitting on a throne. And if there's a king sitting on a throne, we are a bona fide nation and that we're going to, no king's going to allow another co country to st remain here. But, but he also is, is making the statement, the son of God. Yeah, man, that that he he's getting it. He's seeing that this man didn't just come from uh, Bethlehem, didn't just come from Nazareth. This man came from heaven. This is no man like anybody else. And and I love how he he attributes the Son of God to Jesus, and how he attributes the King of Israel to Jesus, and eventually. Uh, he, he also, Jesus says, really, I'm the son of man and that I've come to serve and I have come to fulfill all of scripture. And, uh, it is a powerful moment. This is a powerful passage and what a, what an incredible time to, 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 to see how the first disciples are called and how they are seeing who the true Messiah is. So Nathaniel might have been thinking that he's going to be the king of Israel. So, but what he didn't understand is, is, you know, later on in Revelations, John posted that he's the king of kings and lord of lords, and that he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So again, let's, let's refresh what Jesus did. So they were seeing him wrong at this time. They were saying, okay, he's going to raise up to be the king. He is God. He's going to be Messiah. He's all of this. But Jesus wasn't just setting up his kingdom for Israel. 
Jesus was saying, remember when Satan came to him and said, hey, listen, I'm going to give you all of, the, I'll give you all this land if you just bow down to me. Well, at that time, you got to understand the way the Jews thought. They believed that the whole, everything outside of Israel was Satan's. He was the God of the world. Paul says that. He references this, that he was the God of the world. And, and Jesus was telling him that, well, no, because he didn't understand that. No, I am the, I'm going to be the king of everything. I'm going to take away this throne that you have. I'm going to take back the, the kingdom of God. I'm going to take back everything. And so, Ultimately, even though Nathaniel might have been saying he's the king of Israel, and he saw that, was, and it's true, it's a true statement, but ultimately, Jesus is going to not only be the king of Israel, Jesus is the king of everything. And then one day, when, when the new heavens and new earth comes back, he is the king. You know, there is no more light. His light is the light. It, it, it shines for everybody. So one day, everybody will know that he is the king. And one day, every knee will bow, every tongue confess before him as the king of, of, of the world. All right, Bob, you want to get into read the next statement and we can read verses 50, 50 to 51. Let's finish the section. We will see Jesus giving him a title of son of man. This was one of our Lord's favorite titles to give himself. In fact, it was used 83 times in the Gospels. The title speaks of both the deity and the, human, and the humanity of Jesus. In Daniel 7.13, we see the term Son of Man used in a, a definite messianic setting, and Jesus is using the title here in the same way. So let's read it. Okay. So this is kind of alluding to what Barry was just talking about, talking about now the last part of it is not only is he king of Israel, but now he's also the son of man. And we'll go, we'll break that down. Go for it. So this is right after Nathaniel answers what, what we were just talking about. Rabbi, you are son of God. You are the king of Israel. And then Jesus answers him and says, because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. He said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So he calls himself the Son of Man. I think people, when they first read that, they're like, what the heck is that talking about? Well, that's good, because we get to break it down. But as the Son of Man, Jesus is the living link between heaven and earth. This explains why Jesus is using Jacob's ladder reference in Genesis 28. In verse 51, Jesus said in John 14, 6, there's John comes to, there's no father that can, no one can come to the father, but through me. So um, when he's saying son of man, he's, he's referencing that he's both human and he's both God. So he's son of man. He's both, he's, he's come in incarnate as we learned in, in two weeks ago that Jesus came in the flesh. So here is son of man. When he said he's, he's son of God, he's talking about the divinity. So when we become sons of God, we're talking about we become divine, we become transformed. When it says that we are absent from the body, we become present with the Lord, well, we take on our new bodies immediately because of the Spirit of God. We've been, remember we learned in Colossians 1 that we've been transferred from one, one ownership to another owner, right? So it's, it's Jesus, that's what he says. So son of man is that he's both human and he's both God. So he come in the flesh, and that is what he's talking about. Barry, thoughts to that? Yeah, this is, this is just so powerful, the word of Jesus. And he says, you, you just wait and see, because there's great things that's going to happen. And, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm blown away by this passage. And, and I, I think of John 14, 12, where he tells the believer that you'll do even greater things than I've done because I go to the Father. I, I, I have made that verse a lifetime study verse and because I don't get it. I don't know how in the world uh, we're going to see greater things than what Jesus did on this earth through our own lives uh, in, in witnessing and building churches. But Jesus tells us, I'm going to the Father to pray for you and greater things are going to happen. And I'm just so excited to see the kingdom of God established here and come forth. And I, I, I'm going to just share what I believe. I believe COVID is ushering in a closer uh, step to the kingdom of God mm. being established on earth. I believe the second coming of Christ is imminent. Mm. I believe that uh, the church is going to have an awakening. And I believe that uh, those greater things are on the precipice of happening. And uh, I can't wait. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of 
of the world's great awakening, the great revival that I, I want to be a part of that. And, uh, but it starts with understanding what John the Baptist was saying, that Jesus truly is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. If Jesus wasn't the Son of Man, we don't have any hope. So you got to understand, if Jesus did not come in the flesh and live as he did in such a perfect way, we would not have the blueprint and understanding how we can live that way. And, and because he lived that perfect life, because he lived it out, we now have an understanding as him, as being the son of man of how we can do that, but not by our own strength. The beauty of it is when he died and he rose again, he then released upon us the spirit of God to give us help to understanding of all things that he says, and then also the grace of God. And in that grace of God, we now have the tools to be able to live out our lives the way that the son of man taught us. And so it's, it's significance. And so people, when he's saying that this is a son of man, he's recognizing that, okay, this is, this is somebody that's, that's, that's both divine and both human, but he's living out that perfect life so that we now can live according to the way that he taught us so that we can live holy. We can live holy. It's not by my might nor my, my power, but by the spirit says the Lord, we can live holy, but God's grace and his, God's mercy is given. But let's break down verse 51 real quick. Okay, so let's read it again. Let's spend a little bit of time here and, and really do justice to this because it's kind of a big deal. So it's, it's, it's you know, as the son of man, Jesus is, living, is the living link between heaven and earth. So what is that talking about? He's a living link between heaven and earth. So let's give this justice. So it explains what, because he's talking about Genesis 28. So go ahead and read that last part. Okay. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Okay. So I'm going to give, uh, let me just do this. So it's talking about Genesis 28. We're going to talk about Jacob's ladder. That's where the reference is coming through. Let me just give a little bit of a story of Jacob and we'll talk about it from there. So let's just start with Jacob. Who is Jacob? right? So Jacob is, remember Isaac? So Abraham had Isaac, and then Isaac had a son, and he had a son, Isaac had a son with Rachel. Remember, he went back to the land of Canaan, and he had a son with Rachel. Rachel then had twins. Remember the twins? Who were yeah. the twins? Esau. Esau and Jacob. and Jacob. Okay. So Esau later became the Edomites, and we'll maybe talk about that a little bit later, but the Edomites have a big deal in the Old Testament of what happened. But remember Isaac, he was, he, his whole life was about the trickery and the deception, and that was his, his, I mean, Jacob, that was his name, you know, kind of like the, they said like the heel catcher or whatever, but, you know, so Jacob had this reputation about him. He wasn't like the, the best of the best. He was like, a, he was kind of a deceiver. He he was kind of a manipulator and that's kind of how Esau even said it if you read the scripture he says you know he's the you know he's the slimy one kind of but Esau wanted to kill his brother you remember afterwards because he deceived him of his birthright and he deceived him of the prayer the blessing of Isaac upon his life he acted he put hair on his, his right. thing and he walked in he smelt like him he brought him game and 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 he so he deceived him twice with that but Esau got so ticked off he was like, I'm going to kill him. And then remember, Rachel's like, oh my gosh, he really is going to kill you. You need to get out of here. So she sent him to Laban. Remember, so I, Jacob then went to the land of Canaan where Rachel's brother's house, which was Laban. And then he fell in love with Rachel, remember? And he said, oh man, I really love Rachel. And, and, and he's like, man, I would like to marry her. And so Laban's like, okay, but if you work for me for seven years, you can marry my daughter, Rachel. And so he did, and he did all that. And on the wedding night, he got drunk and, and he, he went in, they said he went into, you know, and had, had his, had intercourse, so to speak. And he woke up the next morning and he's like, wait, this is Leah. And, and Laban deceived him. And he goes, well, I can't give you my, my youngest daughter first. I have to give you my oldest. And so, and he says, oh my gosh, I told you I wanted to read it. So he was deceived. It, it kind of followed him, right? And so here it is. So then he says, okay, I'll give you Rachel for seven years more. And he gave him for, Rachel for seven years more. And then from there, he had 12 children. For four people, he had Rachel had children with, Leah he had children with, and then their, their, their two maidservants. And so he came up with the twelve. And that 12 was the 12 tribes of Judah. So Jacob is a big deal, okay? So this is, this is the beginning of starting the nation. 
Okay, this is the beginning of that. In the 12 tribes from there, God showed Jacob that he would make him the father of many nations. So he already kind of knew this process, promise, but God showed up again and he gave him another vision or a dream. He says, hey, I'm going to bless you through your, your heritage and through your line. And so that kind of was like, okay, this is kind of cool. You know, you told my, my, my dad, Isaac, this, I remember him telling me the story. And Isaac said, I remember Abraham told me the story. And so he's like, okay, so that's going to come through my line. It's going to come through my kids. Right? So he had 12 and then God showed him a vision of an elevator with angels coming and going. And who has that? Do you want to go ahead and read that real quick? Did you pull it up? So let's read that story and then we'll finish up Jacob. In Genesis chapter, uh, 28 verse 12 it says that jacob had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of god were ascending and descending on it there above it stood the lord and he said i am the lord the god of your father abraham and the god of isaac i will give you and your descendants the land on which you're lying your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. Now listen to this. All people, can I say it again? Yeah. All peoples yeah. on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Yeah. I mean, and so here it is. So fast forward. Here's Jesus now in verse 51. This is Jesus speaking and he's telling them, I am the fulfillment of, of the promise I gave Jacob. I have, I, I have come full circle that now through me, John 14, 6, Barry, you brought this up earlier. Through me, you can now have access into heaven. And he kind of showed him this elevator of, of going in and out. So when we die, I guess we go up into the elevator into heaven, right? I mean, that's kind of what he saw. Unless it was just like, I don't understand what this is. And he's doing his best to explain. But I mean, this is huge, right? So this, knew what an elevator was? I don't know. They did his best. I mean, I mean, we probably botch a lot of this, you know, <laughs> but this is kind of cool. So Nathaniel or any of the Jewish Israelites at that time, they know this story. I mean, they talk it. about Jacob's ladder all the time. And so here's Jesus telling Nathaniel, he's like, I mean, if I'm Nathaniel, I'm going, wait, what? What? Are you kidding me right now? So because you, I'm going to be able to go to heaven? I'm going to be able to have entrance into heaven? Yes. I'm the fulfillment of that. Wow. Is that amazing? And so I, when, when you look at that and you think about that, it's like, come on, this is, this is a big deal. How many of you guys out there are like me, have read chapter one of John and never picked any of that up? You know? <laughs> we talked about that last week, I think, Pete. Do, do y'all know where the dream happened for Jacob? Bethel. Bethel. And what does Bethel mean? House of God. House of God. Church. Wow. Yep. It's where the, this is what the church is founded on. Yeah. It is that Jesus is the answer to this vision of the blessing of all nations. Come on. Well, part of, I mean, let's just finish the story. So let's go with Bethel. So let's finish that story. So afterwards, Jacob then left the land of Canaan and he went and God told him to go back to, to, to the Philistine or to the Palestine, Palestine. He told him to go back. And as he was going back, remember Esau came, remember? And he was scared to death. He's like, oh my gosh, I got to face my brother. And Esau had 400 men. And the last thing that Esau said, he's going to kill him. Right. And so he had 400 men and he's like, okay, I'm freaking out right now. Right. So he says, like, I'm, I'm going to send waves of presence to him. I'm going to try to soften him up. Right. If you guys know the story, this is what he's doing. And then he's left alone. He sends his wives and he sends his kids and everything ahead of him. And he's left alone this night. And as he's sitting there, all of a sudden, the angel of God, it says, appeared. I believe it's a Christophany. I believe it's Jesus. I believe it's a God in the flesh, human flesh at that time. And it appeared to him. And he started wrestling with this angel. <laughs> He started wrestling with him. And, and I, I always look at my life. It's like, how many times have I wrestled with God? Where right. I was like, I can't, Lord, you're going to kill me. You said you're going to bless my nation, but my brother is going to kill me. He is not going. And God said, no, you could trust me. I promise you that, you know, through your line, everything's going to be okay. And he's like, no, it doesn't make any sense. This is, this is not, I'm not comprehending this in my brain. And so he starts wrestling with this angel. And lo and behold, he doesn't give in and and God says, all right, enough. And he touches his hip and his ball joint of his hip is out of place and he has a limp for the rest of his life. But at that very moment, uh, Jacob said, all right, I surrender. I trust you. 
He finally let it go. He finally says, God, I believe you. And God looked at Jacob and remember what he did? He says, you are no longer Jacob. You are now Israel. Wow. And he became a father of the nation. He became Israel at that very moment. Many of these surrendered his life to Jesus. He became Israel. And then from there, he moved to Bethel. And in Bethel, he learned that that is where, that's where God showed up. That's where under the Terebinth tree, if you remember reading the Bible, God appeared in person. If you read it correctly, he appears in person under the Terebinth tree. That's where they met with God in Bethel. And so that's kind of where that goes full circle. All right, Barry, close us. Talk to these people. You know, I want to ask you again, what is painted on your doorpost? Is it the blood of Jesus or is your doorpost empty and you have no covering? My friend, I, I just want you to have a covering for your home. And it, the only blood that will work, it will not work your blood, your children's blood, anybody else's blood. The blood of any other animal will not work. It's only the blood of Jesus that will work. And I ask you, on the doorpost of your life, do you have the blood of Jesus? Because it's the only access into your true destiny of a relationship with God. Here's what you must do to, to sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon your heart, upon your life, and upon your family. You must admit that you're a sinner and that you're in need of a Savior, that the sin of your life brings down the wrath of God that you no longer measure up that we don't measure up because of our sin number two you must believe that God's lamb Jesus Christ is the son of God that he died on your behalf he paid he became the payment of your sin and that uh, he rose again the third day and he is alive and lastly you must confess him as your Lord and Savior not just Savior but your Lord the leader of your life, not just a seeker of knowledge, but a humble servant of the Lord, that you surrender your life to Christ and you say, Lord, my life is yours. Take me. And I want to lead you in a prayer to help you do that. Would you just pray this prayer after me? Would you just say, dear God, I believe you are the true Messiah and that you're the only hope for all of eternity. And I come admitting today that I'm a sinner and that I don't measure up and that I am the one in need. And I believe that you are the son of God, that you died, that you defeated death, you defeated sin, you defeated the grave, you defeated the enemy of Satan, and that you are the one true king, that you really are the Messiah. And I believe that you not only died, but you were buried and that you rose again the third day. And because you are alive and because you are the Messiah and because you are the only way, I confess my allegiance to you. I surrender and I invite you to sit on the throne of my life. And I ask you to save me and I ask you to make me a child of God. And I ask you to, to lead me into heaven for all of eternity. I surrender my life to you. And I pray that you will help me to become the person you want me to be. And I pray this in the only name I can pray it, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I just want to thank you for tuning in today to this podcast and listen to us. And if you gave your life to Christ, tell us about it and tell your friends and family yes. about it. Yes. Tell them to come and see. Pete, tell, them how, tell us how to do that. Yeah, you two um, go on to our, 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 what am I saying? Website? Yeah, that one. Um, go to riotpodcast.co and you will be able to see there's a no God button on there. Go ahead and click that and fill out that information and say, I accepted Jesus into my heart and we would love to get in contact with you. We'll, we'll, we'll reach out to you, get you the material that you might need to get you started. Um, if you're not a part of a church, we'll help get you connected to a, to a local Bible believing church and uh, Lord, what a great show, yeah. man. This is powerful. Thoughts? Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with the thought I wanted to leave you guys with is just that we talked about earlier is, you know, are, do you just know Jesus or do, are you following Jesus? Mm. And um, I, I think that's that's my takeaway from 
from chapter one of John and uh, looking forward to continuing this amazing study as we go forward. Barry, always a pleasure having you on the show. What a uh, blessing. Thank more, you guys the, for having the me. The more times we can have you, the better. Uh, it, that's just awesome. Guys, make sure that uh, if you're watching on YouTube that you click the subscribe button, click the little bell so you get alerted when the, the new uh, episodes are released. And uh, also do, do us a favor and just put something in the comments. Tell us where you're listening from, um, what you thought of the show today, what's your favorite part so far of John chapter 1. Ooh. And, man, we'd love to hear about that. We get a lot of so many of our ideas of how we you, how the show kind of flows is from comments from 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 you guys from our listeners. So we would love if you do that. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast on you know wherever you listen, whether it's you know Apple or Spotify or any of those other things that I don't really know how they work, but if you're listening to them there, um, jump onto our our Facebook page and comment there. Let us know where where you're listening to. Please share this. You know if be like Philip, you know be like Andrew. <laughs> And and just share the show, right? Yeah. I mean, again, and not not to point people to the Riot Podcast, but so that people could be pointed to Jesus through the Riot Podcast. That's that's really what we're trying to do, and that's that's why we do what we do on a, on a weekly basis. But we love you guys. We're grateful for you. We pray we pray for you uh, continually, and uh, we just want you to have an amazing week. We pray that uh, you you took something away from the show. And uh, that's really all I've got, guys. Any final words? I was just thinking, you know, you said that, um, you know, invite people, come to know the Lord and, and just really surrender your life. But the theme that we saw throughout the whole, this verse this, that we read was humility. John the Baptist was humble. Yep. Nathaniel, they were all, you all had to humble yourself to be able to come to Jesus. And if you just could just say, I know I tried it my way. It sucked. I messed it up. I'm ready to do Jesus way. Then I got it. So that's it. Humble yourself right now. Just acknowledge that, you know, you don't got it all together, but he does, you know, come and see. Bear. Amen. Hey guys, uh, I want to make this statement before we go and I don't get to get on as much as I like to, or as much as I used to, but I want you to know that this podcast is reaching people for the cause of Christ. And, uh, um, if you are financially blessed as an individual, we want you to give to your church first. Amen. We want you to take the tie to the storehouse. But if God has blessed you financially, I ask you to consider sending a seed to the Riot Podcast. Mm -hmm. and, and Pete didn't ask me to do this. God didn't ask me to do this. But I felt led in the spirit to, to say this to you, that uh, this ministry uh, has a lid that, that you could help lift, mm. that financially you could help us be able to be in more countries, be able to do mm. more things in ministry for the cause of Christ. Amen. And your finances will go a long ways. It'll be used with stewardship and with honesty and accountability. Mm. And I pray that you would listen to God as he says to Amen. sow into this ministry. Thank you guys for listening today. It was an honor to be on here. Thank you guys for yeah. having me. Yes. And uh, we love you guys. We really do. And that's why we're on here. A blessed Great week. Peace. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.